1: to share this episode thanks to these fine companies i depend on in the field game changer calls the gc was designed with all hunting callers in mind though elk is the intended target the unique size is a game-changing tool for turkey and coyote callers as well it is not designed to replace your tube or open reeds, but rather to complement the caller's repertoire in the field vortex optics proudly made in the usa hoffman boots If you're heading to the backcountry and you need some meals that won't bog you down, check out sasquatchfuel.com. 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head over to sasquatchfuel.com. Titanium archery products. Dedicated archers deserve truly unique products that provide all the performance attributes that they demand. And that's exactly what TAP delivers. For more brands we run and trust, jump on WesternContours.com Partners page. Look for the code Western Contours and save a few dollars off your order. So I'm on with uh Mr. Dennis Stokes and Mr. Joe Elliston, mighty Joe Elliston, um, hey, hey. the men behind Initial Ascent, uh, wanted to jump on and Dennis and I had talked uh, talk gear and Chris and Dennis, Chris Young, Dennis uh, and Roger backcountry uh, babby-yaga, as uh, my wife calls them, um, went out hunting and uh, saw some some stuff flying on Instagram and on the IA website there. Um, so I just wanted to touch on some stuff and, you know, pick you guys head about gears. And like I was telling you, I've had, you know, folks reaching out and asking me what I pack and why I take this and why don't I take that. So I just want to get on with some people in the know, man, and kind of get you guys uh, input on gear. I know a lot of guys are ounce guys. Um, I Weight doesn't really so much matter to me as long as it is things I need. Um, So, yeah, we'll get into it. Why don't you guys. So, Joe, why don't you why don't you start, man? Because Dennis and I have been on an app and then you and I had done uh, the run through of the gear at the uh, Utah show. But why don't you give everybody a little background um, before we jump into this gear thing, man?
2: Yeah, for sure. So. um, So Dennis and I, I guess we started this journey probably what's now been oh back to about 2015. We actually started. Kind of having some discussions around this. You know, my background, I come out of corporate America, um, had the opportunity to do a lot of things with different brands that are pretty powerful out there, but had the opportunity to work with some really talented people over the years. So that's been a blessing. Um, but honestly, you know, the best partner I could have picked was Dennis. You know, he and I compliment each other really well on how we go about approaching things. So all the way back to when we just first started down this path, it was, it, was, it started with a friendship and started with a conversation as to, you know, sharing stories out, hunting together. Um, then we started just picking apart different things, different gear. You know, Dennis, I would say, is more of a gearhead than I am. Um, I'm that guy that walks into a Schlotsky's and I've never had any other sandwich from the original.
3: <laughs>
2: so. When I find something that I like, um, but it takes me a long time to find it. But once I do, I'm pretty loyal to it. So I think that's a good compliment between Dennis and I. He's more, he's a good tech Probably everything on the market, I'm going to uh, let him test it, try it. And then I'll test (laughs) try it. That that just
1: is a testament to uh, who has more money in their savings account.
2: (laughs) 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 I always get a great deal on things. I tell you, you need to go try this.
1: I think. I think. So you know that that is man. I've been dumping. I've been really good this year, guys. So I mean, you know. I haven't really bought anything unnecessarily. Um I always have a way to justify things, right? I mean when it comes to gear, but this year I've been I've been exceptional. Um and really the only thing that I have put any money into is initial ascent. Um but but that that was planned, right? I mean that was something that when I knew I was going with you guys, I said okay that was one of the factors was, OK, I'm going to make the switch because and I always say it right. One frame, one suspension, multiple scenarios in that bag. Um, but, man, I've been great this year and I feel good about it. More tags, less gear. Um, yeah. There so, you
4: go. Yeah. That's awesome. A, great statement.
1: So let's talk. Yeah. Uh, I guess the biggest part of the gear thing, at least for me, right? There's a lot of marketing behind it, but there's tons of choices. I don't really get caught up in the marketing, um, but I'll see something and I'll go, man, I want to try that. Does that work? Is that better than this? And that's really what gets me is just wanting to try something out. But man, there are so many choices available just period right packs and i mean you name it man you look at broadheads uh, diaphragms it's just crazy how do you how do you guys meander through all those choices
4: oh you know for me it's just you know relying on a lot of people that i trust out there um you know that's and i think you know that's that's kind of what joe does as well um but then I'll, I'll try stuff. I do a lot of reading your views and you know, I'll, I'll even make some phone calls and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or I'll message somebody on social media uh, that I look up to and respect that I know might, might or might not be a bigger gear. gear than I didn't think that was possible until I met <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, you know, it, I, that's what I do. I, I get advice from, from other folks and, and read as much as I can up on a product before I go get it. But I don't let too much time go by.
3: Yeah, and I would say, you know, for me,
2: um, similar to the fact that I, I like to get a lot of opinions, you know, on things um, before I make a purchase, I remember... Man, when I bought my truck, and Dennis was just shaking his head at me the whole time. I think I spent two years researching it, you know, to make sure it's what I wanted. Been in the shop probably twenty-five times. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I made a
4: good choice on that one. It wasn't because of lack of research, Joe. <laughs> so,
1: so but that um, that actually brings up a, a really good point. And I was so, you know, you could read, you could do all that, but at the end of the day, not at the end of the day, but it's scenario based it, that, you know, what that guy is using it for may be way off of your application. So it may seem to make sense at the time. And I've been there um, just like the truck, right? The review, the review, the review. Now it's in the shop 25 times kicking myself in the butt. Um, it's it. I don't know, man, gear. I think it's just a
2: trial and error thing.
1: And uh, like Joe said, you know, find something that works and you stick with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think it's I think there's a lot to that, you know, and I and I do think, you know, the way technology continues to change within the outdoor industry. I mean, if you look at it just over the last five years, how much things have changed, not just in the backpack world, but really the backpacking world in general and the ability to lighten loads up. Um, I mean, Dennis and I, we literally get down, I know a lot of folks do. You know, we're, we're weighing everything, calories per hour. I mean, everything, you name it, you know, and the older I get, the more important that gets that I'm going to do everything I can to lighten up my load in my pack. So, um, fortunately with, with new technologies always coming, pushing the limit, um, it allows us to really get to a point where, you know, you can do some five to seven day hunts and you're, you're under 30 pounds, you know, pretty impressive.
1: And you're in a smaller bag, with that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Four days in the two K. I mean, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's amazing that you can get that in those bags now. I mean, there was a point in time where you didn't have a choice, right? It was weight. Everything was heavy. Um, you were you were cramming stuff in a bag because everything was just massive. And now, man, it, you know everything is small, compact, light, and it just performs unbelievable with some of the textiles.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's there's something to be said for, you know, trying to shave ounces and you know cutting things light. I mean, there there are sacrifices to everything. You know, if you if you grab, let's say a titanium spork, you know, long handled titanium spork versus, you know, a, a foldable plastic sport you're going to pay, you know, at least two to three times more for that. But, you know, so that's the disadvantage. But you're going to save weight. And so a lot of these weight-saving type things, you know, you get into the newer materials, say on shelters, for instance, you know, you've got the Dyneema. Um, That uh, is – the latest and the greatest, but it's extremely expensive. Probably three times as expensive as, as your Sil Nylon, you know, your one nine Sil, Nylon that a lot of these shelters are made out of. You, you got to ask yourself, okay, I'm going to save eight ounces, nine ounces on this shelter or or even maybe a pound, pound and a half, depending on the bigger shelters is is that worth that extra money, that three times more money instead of paying 300 bucks for your shelter, you're paying 900 bucks. So there's, I think there's a lot of give and take there. And, you know, and maybe as, as you get older, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's worth doing that with energy expenditure and all that. I know that 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 I will definitely give up a little bit of weight savings in certain areas just for comfort. Yeah. I mean, when you talk so,
1: like you know something like the Dyneema, right? That stuff is sitting right around twenty dollars a half yard if you're lucky to find it um, that cheap versus you know a a one point nine ounce um, you know ripstop or a one point one you know silk nylon, like you said um, so there's some weight savings, but there's also the longevity factor in that expenditure when you start talking about dollars. And that's a lot of times how I justify my spends when it comes to gear is if I spend, you know, everybody gives me, raises me, cause I wear Sitka. i Oh man, why do you wear it it's so expensive? Well, I haven't had to buy anything in terms of my outerwear in six years. Yeah, I spent yeah. $300 on pants, but you break that $300 down over six, seven, eight years, that expenditure it gets smaller and smaller as we look at it over time unless we're just constantly re-upping because we have no self-control
3: <laughs> yeah
1: i mean going back to you know going back to the uh the ia pack I have a pack system that is going to function in every single scenario that I can put myself in from my day trips to, you know, my, my month long elk adventure, you know, in that 6,000. And honestly, I've been trying to pack that 6,000. I can't even load it. I'm, I think I'm going to end up in the four to be honest with you.
4: Well, just, you know, the thing, the thing where you're going to find, you know, that you're going to need the room is when you start adding the layers to it. You Maybe you you go from a 20-degree bag to a zero-degree bag or you go from a down bag to a synthetic bag. You know, you go from, if you're going into a wet environment and you go from a, you know, a down puffy to a synthetic puffy or, you know, half and half, something like that. Uh, And then you go for multiple days and especially in wintertime where you might need, you know, more calories and you need more food, uh, that food's gonna take up a lot of space. I mean, that's where most of the
1: pack space is, is taken, anyways, with your food. I mean, you know, you go back to the down versus the synthetic fills on the bags. Even now, um, you know, with the bags, we're seeing a size decrease with the synthetic fills um, where they're starting to look a lot more like down because the efficiency of those fills.
3: Yeah, that's right. Very true. <clears throat> so what
1: what's the opinion? I look at everything as a system, right? So, you know, again, I keep saying it, but the IA system, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, non-COVID related cough there. Um, <laughs> I look at my outerwear, right in, in my Sitka gear, as a system. I look at my boots, my socks, and my liners as a system. Where do you guys stand with that? Everything to me is purposeful, um, and one can't do with the other, or one um, complements the other.
2: Yeah, I think you know, at least for me, yeah, you know, and it's 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 evolved for me over time to where I've become much more efficient in. What I'm bringing and how I'm going to pack that, you know, so that I can fit everything that I want in my pack system, and it varies, you know,
3: based kind on of like what you and Dennis were
2: talking about. But if I think about the bear hunt that I was on this year, and I took the 2K for four days. Everything had a place. And Dennis did an excellent video where he did belt on his uh, on his bear hunt, and I think it it really was a great way to kind of showcase how you can lay a pack out so that it's balanced, you know, so that you're not heavy on one side and light on the other, you know, which causes you to be off as, as you're hiking. But, you know, that you, you think about balancing the weight no differently than you do when you're, you're packing a horse, right? It's got to be balanced and here as well. And as you kind of go through our pack system, we kind of designed it in a lot of ways to support that. You know, you got the tripod on one side, spotting scope on the other. So we made it functional, but still we kept the weight at top of mind as as we kind of built that. So I think about how I lay out my pack. You know, it is a system. Um, I kind of group things together. You know, we put together a a gearless spreadsheet, if you will, that I mean, we got as anal as you know. you can go in there and it graphs out how much you have of your total weight is, you know, food related, shelter related, clothing related you know, sleeping, you know, the kind of like what you're talking about guy there is, as far as a system goes. And then you can step back and say, okay, I'm way heavy in my sleeping system. You know, this is an area I want to go focus on the next year to, to figure out how I can take some weight out. So you can get all geeked out on it, but that's kind of how I approach it at
4: least. Yeah. Same here. You know, I, I, I love, and maybe we talked about this on, on the former podcast guy, but I love kit or systems. So those two words are interchangeable to me. Um, you know, when I got that first first aid kit, when I was uh, a young guy back, I was probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And I got that first aid kit, man. I would take everything out of that thing and reorganize it. What I, I, I needed, what I really didn't need. Um, and I I would do that over and over and over because I was just so so enamored by the kit. And so I taken that on into adulthood, and I've I've got a kit for everything. I mean,
1: (laughs) I'm sorry to laugh, but I'm the same way. (laughs) You're
4: the same way, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like our pack sacks. Yeah. I mean, got I've got kits in each one of the pack sacks. So, uh, fire kit, kill kit. First aid kit, you know I got. I, you know when I go to my sleeping uh, deal, it's more of a sleep system. Then when you move into the bigger stuff, it you're, you're more of a system guy. And I think that's what happens. You go from the small when you move out of the pack sack, you go into a system.
1: Yeah, I, and that's funny because I do this. I mean, identical, right? I have my my med kit, my utility kit, uh, my water kit and my kill kit. And then I have, I mean, I, cause I do, I have the, I'm into the hammock, man. That's my gig right now. So I have the hammock and that all that's in one, you know, big stuff sack. Um, and it's amazing. I can fit my entire camp in a 20 liter stuff sack. Um, the hammock, the mat, um, the tarp that. Yeah. I don't think you could beat it. You go insulate it. We'll see this year. We're gonna go, and that's all we're going with is the hammock. Um, I may be in full regret in some of the colder nights, but we'll see what happens.
4: <laughs> and I can't wait to hear about yeah. that in different gear <laughs> because you know, as a as a fellow gearhead, I'm sitting here. I'm watching you in the background. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm gonna more watch you this season. I tell
1: you what, man that that hammock that hammock setup is. The best system, sleep system, camp system, however you kit, whatever that I have ever run. And I've been in the low thirties and comfortable. Um, And you want to talk about run and gun. I mean, you find a spot and you're there. And the nice thing with it, you know, we run the pads in them, especially when it gets cooler is that if we're in the in an area you know like colorado and aspens we're falling we can get safe you know get somewhere where we necessarily can't hang and you can go to the ground so you can baby out the tarp throw them out on the ground your bags there and i mean it's just so versatile man i I just love that thing and we run that big mountain ambush tarp um they're 10 by 10. so we have the room um if we want to get on the ground, but we have the room to get under there, have some space to live if the weather gets nasty and whatnot. So maybe oh, not all saying. the protection, but it's it's been an awesome setup so far. So
2: we have to do some film of that guy so we can kind of see that layout. Yeah. yeah I, I mean,
1: if if you jump on the YouTube, I did kind of a setup takedown. Uh one man. day me and the boys went out to the mountain to shoot and I took it just to kind of show the system and, and why I liked it so much. I was getting so many questions on it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: So when you guys set up in your packs, um, how, how anal are you? So for me, you know, the kill kits always at the bottom, right? I have no expectation. And my first aid kit is right next to the kill kit. Uh, my water and my camper are kind of set next to each other. And then I have my food on top. How do you guys run your, your pack set up?
3: So for
2: me, um, and I may rethink this a little bit based on this bear hunt, But I, my sleeping bag, I don't typically put it in the stuff sack, um, but I do run that at the bottom of the bag and it just kind of allows me to fill in all the spaces. Um, Sometimes like when I ran the 2K this year on the bear hunt, I did keep it in the stuff sack, but that typically goes at the bottom. Um, And then from there, you know, ideally I want to have my tripod if I'm taking it in my spot um, on the bear hunt, I did not take either one of those cause it, was, it wasn't necessary for where we were hunting. Um, and then the food, you know, I, I like to lay the, flute, the food more towards the top so that when I get there, it's already in a dry bag. It's got paracord already in it. You know, I can literally pull it out of my bag, throw it up in the tree and that's out of the way. Um, you know, my kill kits typically on the top portion of it, I like to keep it up there. Um, just so I've got quick, easy access to it, and then some of the pockets that we've got inside the bag, like on the 2K, you know, I'm going to have a specific spot where my headlamp goes in there. Um, we've got designated spots on the lid, for example, where your license goes. So, again, functionality—that stuff makes you know, works out well. Um, and then the extra clothes, I just kind of I kind of lay on top, depending on which bag. You know, if it's if it's the 2K, they're kind of just right in the middle it's the 4k it's just right underneath the food so that's kind of how i lay it out but it's again it's i wouldn't say every single time again i'm not maybe as anal um you know i probably focus more on just trying to get the weight balanced as i build it up um in the 4k the 2k is pretty easy it's pretty consistent
4: yeah for me i i like to uh I do like to run that sleeping bag on, on the bottom and any more, I'm kind of running that thing unless, unless it's, unless it's like a where I know for a fact that we're not going to get any moisture at all. Um, like August in Idaho, you're not going to get any rain. You're you're just not. And so I, I won't run it in it. But I will uh, typically run my sleep sleeping bag in a dry bag, and then for me, it's it's kind of it, it covers the general rule to where I've got lighter stuff on the bottom. I've got most of my heavier stuff um, in the middle and and toward the top. But the thing about it is, is the way things are going, you know now. I mean, you're not toting around too much heavy stuff until you start adding your tripod and your your spotting scope. And, you know, most of the time if I'm running that, um, I'm if I'm running the 2K and I'm running the, the, the tripod, I'm going to have the tripod on the outside on one side. Probably on the other side, I'm going to have trekking poles there just so I have them at the ready. Um, if I'm running a tent um, that that uses poles then I'll run those on that side as well kind of balance that out but then I'll run that spotter right in the very center of my back um and and in the 2k we we don't have a designated spot for the for the spotter but I'll just I'll run it right there in the center and then I'm feeling since it is a kind of a u-shaped zipper where you can open that whole thing up then, you know, I'm going to run my food toward the top, my kill kit. I'm a little bit more positive thinking. About <laughs> so I'm going to have it just like Joe. Um, so, but I do get, I, I've run it all over the place uh, just, just because, you know, you've typically got game bags in there and, and your kill kit really doesn't weigh that. So it's a little space down there in the bottom, but, but filling space is one thing that I like to do with my stuff is I, I will make sure, I mean, like my little inflatable pillow, I'll find the the smallest little crevice. And usually it's down there in the corner on the opposite side of where I'm running my um, sleeping bag because there's there's an open corner right there. So I'll fill that space with my little inflatable pillow because I like that comfort. And then I'll take and put my, Sleeping pad, cram it on top of that. But I want to try to get all that air out, all that dead space out uh, as much as I can. You know, some people guy will like they'll they'll run the uh, the sleeping bag out of a a dry bag and stuff it down in there, so it kind of takes up a lot of airspace. And I I tend to agree with that, but I just never have been able to physically get that thing. Compress down as much as i can with a with a stuff sack even though the stuff sack is kind of a you know a cylinder shape the way our bags are shaped i can still take up just about as much dead space in the bottom of that bag as i could you know with just letting the sleeping bag you know compress on its own and try to fill up all those gaps
1: so I want to talk about that, right? Because you both talked about it. But uh, Joe, you brought up something, right? And you, and I heard you say paracord. So one of the gear dumps that I did with a guy from the range, um, gentleman had about 200 foot of paracord in his pack. Wow. Uh, and he didn't even, he didn't realize that he had that much paracord, right? But what he had was, oh, I have paracord in my kill kit. And then he had, you know, a couple of random lengths here and there. But it was like he had paracord. He had paracord everywhere um, and no offense to him, but I don't think it was something he was paying attention to. And that's where yeah. for me, like my utility kit comes into play, right? If I need paracord, I go in the utility kit and you know, there's probably 50 feet in there. Um, yeah. And then I do keep some on the ends of my tarp. I have it cut to specific lengths, uh, but I also take that into account, right? So if I need, I don't know why you would need more than 50 foot of paracord. Um but yeah, that just figured I'd get that out there because guys don't realize that they are doubling or tripling. This guy was, in my opinion, you know, five times over what he really needed in there.
2: Yeah, and I think guy, you have a really good point. And I think we've all probably been guilty of it at one point or another, right, where it's those last minute things, right? You're, you're like packed. You think you are. And then you start, oh, I'm going to get this. battery here. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get, get, get that. And all of that actually weighs a ton when you I mean if, if people can be disciplined, you know, and it's hard, it is hard, but if you can be disciplined to where, okay, everything is gonna be used for a purpose. And I would just encourage folks, after your hunt, ask yourself the question: Did I use everything? Is there things that I could have gotten by with without using it, with overkill, things like that, just to help? reduce that weight. And you'll be surprised at, at how much stuff you actually, if you haven't kind of been disciplined with it, how much stuff you can do without that, that you're not using. At least I was. Mm-hmm. So
1: well. the ebb and flow of this conversation, I'll we'll 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 continue where we're at. I want to talk about filling, so don't let me forget that. But that goes back to something Dennis and, and Roger were discussing um, that I mentioned earlier, and that's packing your fears. Right, a lot of that is what it amounts to. When I see a guy with two hundred feet of paracord, three headlamps, and a dozen batteries, he's packing fears, man. Yeah.
4: Come on. <laughs> Now for a three day hunt,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's amazing. it's like, hey, I carry that every time, and it's just like, wow <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: so, so let's talk about the rationale and and why what what's purposeful about filling those voids in a pack
4: I think you know the, the biggest thing to me is just uh, you have you've got square inches um, in a pack, and or I'm sorry, cubic inches. We are in three dimensions here. Um, You have cubic inches in a pack and once that pack is full, it's full. So you gotta make sure that you pick up every single cubic inch that is available to you. then if if you've got everything in your pack and that's why i make like making lists if you've got everything in your pack and you've got some room left over that's cool um because don't forget thinking positively again (laughs) to pack out that animal all of a sudden you've added some things to your pack and you may have to put some of it inside um But if you're going to be energy efficient and you're going to haul that deer out in one trip, you're going to have to get pretty creative. And then all of a sudden, all those ounces that you have in there, all those fears that you have in there, they matter big time.
1: So for the record, man, I'm not being a pessimist. I just, it's a superstition, I guess. It's it's sort of like, you know, you wear the same dirty draws for that, you know, that week of <laughs> that week of <laughs> baseball or whatever it is, man. If I feel like if I don't have it in the bottom of my pack, I'm probably not going to feel that tag and I'm not betting against those odds, <laughs> just oh, for yeah. the record.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Um, And I just threw myself off my thought there. Jeez, uh, total brain fart. Um, you are
4: talking. Yeah, we were
1: filling the voids and you said something and I totally lost it. That's horrible. I do that too often. It's my age.
4: When you know something, if you talk about filling voids, if you have all these voids filled in there with something like, you know, one, for instance, what I'll do is I'll take my clothes. My clothes are gap fillers. So. I'll take, and if they're, you know, the big bulky things in there that may be shaped misshapen or something like that, that don't all fit together like a puzzle, I'll take and fill those gaps with, um, with clothes. So socks are great to fill in gaps with, you know, that one pair of wear that extra pair of wear that you're going to have for that, that maybe seven to 10 day hunt. Cause I mean, I, honestly if if i'm if i'm not if I'm going five days i I've got the the pair of wear that I'm going to wear and that's that's um sock wise i've changed my tune on that a little bit um used to be it was i want a, an extra pair of socks for every other day uh, but now i'm i mean if i'm five days i'm carrying two pairs of socks one that I'm wearing and one. I'll have for tomorrow. And then I'm just going to swap them out every day. Yes. Yeah. See,
1: I, that's the one, that's the one thing I can't get behind.
4: <laughs> with, <laughs> Fair
1: with, I gotta have, I gotta have, I'm, I'm the guy that's every other day. Right. So if I'm out there 10 days, I'm going to have every other day of socks. Um, I could deal with the wear, but the, the socks got to be there, man. And I, and I run good, you know, good wool sin socks and I, I just can't do it. They, if they get a little bit crusty and you know how they get stiff on you, yeah. if you're wearing a thicker sock, I just can't do it. And I have sensitive, sensitive feet.
2: And that's, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of the, the really packing is you, you can go super, super light, but there's a cost as you were talking about earlier. So, you know, Dennis mentioned a pillow I will not go in the back country without a pillow just won't do it um I won't go without a washcloth <laughs> you know in the back country you know those are all things that add a little bit of weight you know guy you won't go with that pair of socks I man just that's that's just how it is
3: okay
1: that okay. is and and I think that's a lot of the a lot of the trial and error part of it, right? The things that you cannot get by without. And I think one of you brought that up earlier um, and some things what's, what's essential for you may not be essential for me, but there's a trade-off, right? Dennis wearing, you know, two pair of socks for 10 days. We're going to be, sleeping about 50 feet apart
4: (laughs) and and joe
1: joe with the washcloth and soap i'll be right next to him not worried about it
4: (laughs) i got a buddy of mine that you know he will bring a whole stack of of wet wipes so he can he can make sure that that he uses those wet wipes on his feet every single night which i'm good with i mean I don't, I don't like getting punk either, but, uh, but yeah, that's what he chooses to do. And that's the method that he chooses to do with. So he'll go a little bit lighter on say his sleeping pad because he doesn't have a bad back like I do, but he'll carry a whole stack of wet wipes in there.
3: <laughs>
1: now that, okay. So just, you know, cause I'm a goofball, um, I'm a wet wipe guy, man. You guys regular teepee out there or are you wet wipes?
4: Both. <laughs> you never know, man, when you're going to have those amazing moments. Yeah. <laughs> so if if you're eating one kind of diet, when you're not in the mountains and you switch to another kind of diet, like a lot of these dehydrated meals, oh, man. there's going to be a day or two where, you know, things might get a little
1: funny. <laughs> yeah, we we call it, did you hear that bear in camp last night? My goodness, there was a bear in camp. You know, you always hear it the next morning.
3: <laughs> so, yeah the
1: essential gear let's talk both of you guys talk about what your essential gear is run through your list and you don't have to get terribly specific like with the kits um but what's your essentials and then i want to talk about what i call peripheral gear like those those things that people don't think of but are absolutely essential in our opinions
4: okay okay so my essential gear and i've i've written some articles on this um, but uh, i'm gonna have at least 25 feet of paracord i'm gonna carry two knives now one one of those is gonna be on my person um it's gonna be a lock blade fixed Fixed type blade knife, and then I'm going to carry a replaceable blade knife in my kill kit. So I'm going to have a couple knives. Um, I'm going to have one headlamp. Now, obviously, this depends on the uh, the time of year. And let's let's just call it September. And I'm on a a five day elk hunt. Let's just say that. So I'm going to carry. One headlamp that has a fresh set of batteries that are lithium ion batteries, and I'm going to carry one spare headlamp that's uh, called a petzel e light okay and i'll I'll carry that in my fire starter kit because I always know where it's at. Um, that will be my spare. I will not carry an extra set of batteries um, just don't do it um, and in all these years, five days and under, as long as I've followed that system and I've I've done it in the dead of winter as well in, in cold weather, um, I've gotten along with that system just fine. Um, so I'll do that. Then uh, tape, I'm definitely carrying gorilla tape and I'm carrying, um, oh, what's it called? I use it on my feet. Too tired.
1: That's the age, too. I don't feel as bad. Yeah.
4: Anyway, <laughs> uh, Leuco, tape. Leuco tape. And I'll have both of those wrapped around my trekking poles. Um, and probably about five feet of, of each. Um, so that's, I've, I've used both of them fairly extensively back there. You can repair all kinds of stuff uh, with it. So, um, so I'll have that. I'll obviously have my first aid kit. Now Roger's got me carrying a tourniquet. Um, I'm only carrying one versus three. (laughs) So, uh, but I, I believe in, in that now because I I know how to use it now. Uh, Um, thanks to Roger. Um, so, you know, having those things. And then obviously, and, and you're just talking essentials. Um, I'm going to have a water filter, um, system and whether that be, you know, like a Sawyer squeeze type system, I do run, run that sometimes, especially when I'm running a bladder. But, uh, here lately, I've just been running a, a Nalgene type bottle or a GSI light, um, bottle, and I've been running a pan so I really like that, that system there. Now, that's the one place I will carry extra batteries. Uh, I will carry an, an extra battery for the, or two, two batteries for the Um So, I don't have a backup filter system uh, in my kit, but as far as I'm concerned, that that's working pretty well for me right now. And then another essential that I'm always going to have, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, I am going to have my puffy jacket.
3: Yeah, and I think guys for me, um,
2: a lot of similarities you know, to what Dennis is doing there is you know, one of the things that's kind of funny that I will not go in the back country without is dental floss. <laughs> I just won't because I've I can't tell you how many times I've needed it. And so I won't go without that. It's one of those picks. Um, I always take that with me. And, um, you know, I tend to take a few extra batteries like rangefinder. I always make sure I've got an extra battery for my rangefinder. finder. Um, I typically will have a couple extra batteries just in my headlamp. So I guess I probably run a little bit heavier than Dennis on that. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've also done the pin, but I've just, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not as confident in its performance. And it's probably just because I haven't used it as much. And Dennis and I did run into a time one, one time where the battery wasn't working. That was in mine. And 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 batteries. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if I'm like, if my son's going with me and we're going to be pumping a lot of water, um, you know, I'll take the you know, the pump, and yeah, I don't, it, it screws right onto the nalgene or onto my four liter. So I'll take that. Um, but I think I said it earlier an essential gear for me is absolutely the pillow. I've got to have that because sleep is so critical. If you go two or three days with no sleep back there, it's just, it's miserable. Um,
3: That's done. a great point, yeah. yeah.
2: So I will, uh, make sure that happens. And the other thing I take, I take earplugs. You know, I put my earplugs in at night and I sleep so much better. You know, I don't hear if somebody's got a squeaky, you know, sleeping pad, I don't hear that. I just don't hear the noise around. And I'm telling you, it's a game changer. (laughs) I <laughs> guess I don't hear hear the bear or anything else coming. <laughs>
1: Not much you're gonna do in that scenario if that bear's coming anyway and you have sleep. I never even thought about that, man. I would I think I'm gonna have to uh give that a go here in a week or so and try those earplugs.
2: It's money. I'm telling you, it's money. I first time, funny story. First time I really ever tried the earplugs out was when my son was about six months old and my wife was getting up every single night and I snuck them. <laughs> He busted me like two days later, but man, I had two great days of sleep. And he was little-
1: <laughs> you know, and I'm well, going to just, I'm going to rewind to it though. And you talk about not getting that rest when you're in the back country and not even the back country, the front country, if you're out there just hunting period, you know, if you're not getting good sleep, man you you risk a lot, right? I mean, it is it's a safety issue, um, especially if you're by yourself. But if you're, yeah. you know, sleeping two, three hours a night or broken to me, the broken sleep is even worse. Uh you know, I'd rather sleep three solid hours than than have a broken up sleep over six hours. It just it gets it gets dangerous. And you start losing you start losing that drive a little bit, right? The mental starts to go real fast.
4: Yeah, yeah it does it does you got some you know I, I, I think that's a great point because that's one place where I do not try to skimp on um, you know I I will make sure that I've got that little extra thickness in my sleeping pad um, I want to sleep warm uh, I, I don't want to be chilled and I I said before I've got a bad back so Everything's got to be pretty perfect for me, um, and so I'll put a little bit of extra care, um, even if it costs an extra few ounces in my sleep system, to make sure that I can get that good night's sleep. My you know, hello uh, Joe, Joe made it you know one of his essentials, and absolutely one of my essentials um, that I failed to mention, and I've tried a bunch of them and you know, the, the the ones that obviously if inflatable, but uh they uh the, those things aren't very expensive. No. Yeah, and, and you can man, you can really I do not believe in rolling up your puffy and putting it in a stuff sack and making that a pillow. I can't do it. Can't uh, some guys can get along with it fine, but man, I, I sure can't do that. And Joe's about his earplugs. And uh, I know the reason why I did the earplugs because when we started hunting together, I had this pad that sounded like a bag of potato chips. <laughs> that is no lie. <laughs> it was so loud that every time I moved, I would wake myself up. Oh, my goodness.
1: That's why I can't run. I haven't run a pillow because I'm the puffy. You know, I'll stuff my puffy in, you know, a beanie or something um, to use it as a pillow. Because all the pillows that I've ever gotten, man, that's all I hear all night is the wrestling of the pillow every time I move. And it drives me crazy.
4: I got a couple that I'll send you that that make no noise at all. You see what you think about them.
1: Yeah, I got one from Climate. Um, I can't think of the name of it. This, but the thing is, it, it's kind of bulky. I mean, it packs down, but it's kind of bulky. It's not an inflatable, but it makes no noise. And that's another thing with that hammock set up. You don't even need a pillow. I mean, I don't really? Oh, man, it, it is. I'm telling you guys that just grab Rogers, <laughs> just grab his one day, kick him out of it and say, let me get a couple of hours in <laughs> this thing. And it'll be the best mountain sleep you ever had.
4: Oh, man, I'll, I'll have to do that. You got me intrigued, man. You even, do. you know,
1: even that midday mountain nap, you know, you get to that point where it's like, okay, I just got to stop and take a nap day two, day three, you just need to catch up and you hang that thing up, man. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, it's like heaven in a eight ounce pack.
4: So, so Mike Batiste, he swears by the, the whole midday mountain nap in his, in his uh, in a hammock?
3: His hammock. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: It, it's some well, Mike. So Mike does that every day.
4: <laughs> I'm not a <laughs>
1: proponent of stopping my hunt every single day. We have to talk to Mister Batiste about that that lazy <laughs> aspect of his hunt. <laughs>
4: hey, as long as he's still packing bulls out with his 2K, yeah, man. Uh, that uh man, he got something that's working for. Yeah, he, he does. does. I, <laughs>
1: i think he's putting scent all over him he falls asleep wakes up because they're there <laughs> <laughs>
4: the, guy, they're just running. <laughs> yeah,
1: the guy's batting like 97 percent with it so uh, something I, right huh yeah so peripheral gear um and and so you guys understand where i'm at with that for me that's i'm a wind checker freak right um so that's wind checkers and then i have a little allen key i went to you know harbor freight and i bought four allen keys and combined them and then that way if i had you know something's wrong with my bow i got to tinker with the gear um i combined i pulled all the keys off of them and then just combined them into one so peripheral gear like that what are you guys carrying um outside of earplugs
4: so dude have you seen the, the new goat knife yes i just got one and i'm telling you game changer is it I, I, I put my Allen wrenches aside because you so, so you had like four of them, right? I had two and the other one I just make sure I tightened before I left. <laughs> <laughs> so so this thing is is pretty slick. Now I haven't used it on a hunt yet, but uh I uh I'm thinking it's going to be all right. And then if a guy knows how to tie a D loop, you've got D loop material for like a little handle on, on of it. So man, um, I, like I told you, I'm, I'm a, I'm a replaceable blade fan for sure. And, uh, when this thing came out, I think that that actually solved a a problem for me. And, uh, made me save or help me save a little bit more weight. So um, you, you ought to, you ought to look into that. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I saw Roger. It was either you or Roger that had posted that. And I was like, God, oh, check that thing out. Oh, you know, Roger got it first. Oh yeah. He's uh, I <laughs> thought I was bad. He, he has some problems. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we, yeah. I had Roger over here a couple nights ago. We were on another podcast and uh, yeah, it, it's so fun talking gear with that guy, man. Um I just uh I, I I learned a lot from him. I
1: like his, his his I like his process, right? He is going to put it through the ringer, the ringer yeah. as much as he can prior to taking it into the field. And that and that falls in line with my belief when I'm getting gear, right? I don't believe yeah. that we can test things or test uh have a, a testimony about them until we're in the field, but from experience we know how it's going to act when we get out there to a point um and and yeah. his process with just you know tinkering and and breaking everything he knows about it down is uh is top notch
4: yeah uh, absolutely absolutely. You know, as far as other things, you know, you mentioned the wind checker. Yeah, I've always I always try to start with a full bottle of, of wind checker and and make sure that uh I've got that with me at, at the ready at all times. Um, I'll tell you what, I've I've used this last year, which was it was different for me and it was kind of a concession, but it's it's been really nice. Um so I started dehydrating my own my own meals and I got one of these jet boil mini mows. And so it's a little bigger pot, but it has a simmer function on it to where, you know, cause typically jet boils, it, it's just, you know, on its one speed, you, you, you're boiling water is all you're doing, but this got that simmer function. And so I can take my own, dehydrated meals throw it in there and you know with with however much water it's going to take and then i can like slow roll it and man you talk about i don't know what it is but it doesn't take the time uh because you're doing a slow roll boil it doesn't take you know wait 20 minutes on you know your your meal to to get done uh it's just kind of a slow roll so that's something i've kind of added to my kit um for for this last year and i'm going to use it again this year that's it's kind of been pretty cool for me uh, especially if the guy wants to do his own his own meals you
1: will have to look at that cuz i've been looking at re up in mine just because it has some years on it um and it's getting pretty raggedy so I have yeah. to check that out so the wind checker thing man you know I. I do about 13 to, I don't know, 13 to 14 of those things a season. Um, I'm an absolute fanatic, (laughs) but I mean, five feet puff puff, you know, it, uh, it's bad. It's really bad. Last year, I was, I was, what I was doing as I was trying to unload gear, right? So I was unloading gear, but instead of selling it, I was saying, send me X amount of wind checkers. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
3: <laughs>
1: and I, awesome. I have boxes of those things, man. That is, uh, I probably, I don't know, I, I'd say I'd go in the field, you know, on a multi day hunt with at least four or five of them. I just think they're invaluable, man, especially with where I'm hunting here at home
4: yeah you've always got it that's the one thing that will get you right yeah
1: and that's how oh. i see it right i am mean, if, I'm, if i'm gonna play with something it's not gonna be the win so don't leave it to okay. chance you know and it's what are they 3.99 a bottle
4: yeah right
1: It's i think it's money well spent
4: that yeah. you like um or as as certain types of wind checkers you know,
1: I, I've i tried just about every one. Um, I really like the the Dead Down Wind one, um, not yeah. because of the scent properties. I don't know if it smells or not, um, but I have noticed that that one will hang a lot longer. I can see it farther. Um, and I think that's hugely important. I, I've tried the Milkweed. It's, uh, it's great, right? The Milkweed, I mean, you can watch that stuff go. It's just not as convenient on the fly. Um, as you know uh, the dead down wind just puffing that bottle. but I like that one a lot it just carries the the weight of the powder is about perfect um, in my opinion. And some of them they have you know some of them another one that's really good is uh, mark with hot Sense um his carries really well the powder is a little bit lighter so i can't see it as far and and that's the only reason i don't run that one but i like how his it just seems to float it's more efficient if that sounds weird when you start talking about wind checkers but i want it in the air and i don't want that puff on the ground and i've used some where you puff them and you know 20 percent of it is on my fingers
3: Yeah. yeah yeah it's a fine line there um no pun
4: intended. Um, as far as that you you gotta you gotta make sure you can see it. That most of it ends up in the air, but then also, I like to I like to feel it because if it's too light and I can't feel it when I when I flick it up, um, I don't like that. I, I like to feel it hit the top of you don't talk talking
1: about. right i know exactly right. what you're talking about <laughs> oddly enough you're, the you like, you're
3: gonna have to have a technique session
1: yeah <laughs> so joe what's your what's your peripherals man
2: man i you know i said i just rack in my brain i don't have a lot um you know i man you know chapstick is one thing that i take no matter what Um, I guess the one thing on top of that is I've always had issues where I get stuff in my eyes so I actually take an eye wash kit with me and it just you know it's a little cup you know you can put a little bit of water in like suctions up against your eye and you can flush an eye because I can't tell you how many times I've been in off of job sites where I've had to go in because I've got debris in my eyes and that'll ruin a hunt in a heartbeat so yeah so I pack that but you know, outside of that, really, there's not a lot of little things that I take. Um, so maybe where I have some extra weight on the other side, maybe it balances a little bit here on the peripherals. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing, you know, and it's probably more of an essential, um, but just either a spot or an in-reach, right? We don't typically go back in the back country without that. If my son's with me, uh, he's allergic to peanuts, my oldest boy, so... We don't go without an EpiPen. Um, and then one other thing that I have found that works pretty good, you know, especially at high elevations. Yeah, nosebleeds are more prevalent at the higher elevations. So believe it or not, a good friend of ours is an EMT. He, uh, he recommended Afrin. And you just, if you get a bad nosebleed, you just soak something, a rag or whatever, piece of shirt in Afrin, shove it up there and it'll stop it. So um, I pack Afrin because my oldest boy, he's had some horrific nosebleeds and um, times where we thought we'd have to end a trip early because we couldn't get it to stop. But so now I don't worry about it because that surprisingly Afrin works really, really well.
1: And my boy, my boy suffers from nosebleeds as well. I wonder what causes that. Cause I would have thought that it would have been a dilator Right. Instead of constricting yeah. it, I maybe at maybe I'm not understanding it. Maybe it's dilating the air, the passageway, so it's constricting those blood vessels at the ends or something. I don't know. That's interesting, yeah,
2: though. It works. It works. And, and yeah, I would say that's kind of the. Can't really think of anything else that that stands out that I take. Cause I'm kind of going through everything
3: in my head.
1: Right. And I call it peripheral, right? But but everything that I think everything that we listed there which it wasn't much they they're essential i mean that's essential right from from yeah. you know the wind checkers um to the epi pin that stuff is essential and again going back to what we said earlier it's all it's a scenario based um and right. a lot of that you know because you're out there and it you know that's determining what goes in that bag so with that yeah. being said where does a guy that is in, say he's been hunting for two years and now he's going to go out in the backcountry journey. Where does a guy like that begin?
3: Um,
4: man, just with the basics. I think you, I think you just got to make sure you've got your basics covered.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's, to me, there's, there are two things that you just cannot settle on. and packs. To me, those are the top two things that just can wreak havoc if you, if you don't have that right. I mean, I've... You know, when I moved out here, I'm a flatlander in Kansas, right? So, you know, a two-degree angle was a lot back there. Uh, so coming out here and hunting, the, the I grew up on just not just doesn't, just will not cut it out here. And, you know, I went through all of these different boots trying to figure things out, just like packs. And, you know, it's, it's one of those areas because, you know, when you're getting into hunting differently than other you know sports, if you will, um, there's obviously a financial piece to it. And you got to balance what you can afford, what you can't. You know, I think those are two of the areas that we are probably lean more towards uh, saving up for. And, and spend a little bit more money on because long-term, it's going to take you further in the backcountry. So I would probably lean on that. And then from there, I think it's just, you know, planning out the budget as, okay, what, what piece am I going to add this year? And don't feel like you got to add everything in one year. You know, take your time, you know, do your research, um, find out what works for you because what works for one may not work for another, but man, you can learn a lot from that person.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I just I wouldn't rush into those decisions obviously based on <laughs> how long it takes. But um that would be my advice to somebody is you know, don't feel like you got to do everything at one time. Do your research, but pack some boots, man, those are so important.
4: Yep. And then after that, I mean, you know, I one of the things just because I like Kits again. um, If you if you look, go back to your Boy Scout days. If you know if you were in the Scouts, and even if you weren't, you know they had something called the ten essentials. And I think the guy has to make sure that he's got all those ten essentials covered. Mm -hmm. So you know, and and you you go, especially if you're going to do a backcountry hunt you know, where you're gonna stay overnight, you gotta make sure you've got, you know, those three or four things covered. You gotta have your shelter, you gotta be able to, you know, make a fire if you if you need to in an emergency situation or a comfort situation. Um, you gotta have food and you gotta have water. Um, so you need to have the things that will allow you to cover those bases. Um, so that's first and foremost. That's, I mean, that's just, that's difference in living and dying. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, I was going to say that's, uh, that's life giving things right there in the back country.
4: Right. So, so I think, you know, going through that, that list of 10 essentials, um, and, and then going from there and, and heck when they start, I mean, you don't have to get the lightest stuff out there. Just go get something that, that will work. Um, and then, like Joe said, maybe every year you can upgrade a piece of gear. Budget, uh, you can you can do that just just periodically, and then every year as you get as you get better, you can you can upgrade a piece of gear. But you know, investing in equipment that's one thing. Make sure you got the basics. But man, invest it in time and experiences out there. Uh, that's the advice, you know, you you mentioned just a minute ago about, you know, spending your money on tags and and not gear. And I completely agree with that or spending your money, um, on education. Um, you know, they've got this thing that they just finished the second one uh, of the summer, but the Western hunting summit, um, out there in Montana, Ryan Lampers, and his wife, Hillary, are putting that thing on. And it it's amazing. I actually took my son to it last year and it was all in one. So you had, it was just one hunting stomach. And we spent two days on the mountains. Then we spent two days in the classroom. We, we did some workouts. Um, but we heard from some of the best hunters, public land hunters, that there, that there are. And that was, it was, it was fairly expensive if you look at it, but man, the stuff we learned, um, it was, it was priceless really. I mean, getting to hear that stuff from Brian Barney or Ryan Lampers out there on the mountain, as you're looking at deer, as you're looking at bears. Um, and you know, we were, we were sitting there and we'd spot a bear Okay, if you're gonna make a, spot, uh, a stalk a on this bear, Brian, which route are you gonna take? How are you gonna do that? And have Brian Barney sit there and tell you while you're looking at this bear how he would do it and why. And that's and, and yeah, and he might say, "Well, the wind's not right, so I'm gonna sit here and wait." Um, but it's that education is my point that is so invaluable. So. Learn as much as you can for these beginners. And and whether you're a beginner or not, you need to be learning something.
2: And that's, I mean, that's such a great point because there are so many resources out there today. Right? I mean, it's it's unbelievable the amount of information you can learn before you ever put a boot on the ground. That's right. Yeah. But you got to take the time and, you know, and it's, it, it is very cost effective for a lot of these online stuff. You know the different different e scouting tools that are out there now. You know Mike Batiste does some trainings through his platform. Um, there's a lot of really good affordable resources that a person that's never really hunted or only a couple of years into it. Man, the amount of information you can learn uh, classroom style at home is, is is invaluable.
1: Yeah, I think the issue that that I see with that and talking to folks is they don't a lot of them jive, right? A lot of them are parallel in beliefs and teaching, but a lot of them will have your head spinning because your guys don't know which one, which one am I going with, right? So they just jump around. Um, and I think that adds a lot of confusion to their process.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: a, it's a very interesting dynamic for all that to be available and to watch it. I mean, you know, we're, we're old enough to say that we didn't have this stuff available when we were, you know, when we were getting after this um, early on and I see, you can see the confusion and where do I go and, and, you know, what do I listen to? And it, it's something else, man. I'm glad that uh, it was trial and error for me. I tell you that it's a lot of info.
4: Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. So, you know, and, and starting with, starting with one, one species, uh, is is a good way to go as well, and you know, and just just really try to try to get to know um, not only the animal that you're chasing, but at the same time get to know your gear. Um, you know, and just even if you're, you know, as far as getting to know your gear, even if you're just kind of reenacting things out there in your backyard, um, that's a that's a great thing to do.
2: You know, and just to build on that. I think a lot of times folks are so focused that they got to get the trophy when they really just need to get the knowledge. And so, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to go out every single time and and punch a tag. That's got the biggest bull, the biggest buck. Um, You can learn a lot on all those hunts that lead up to those scenarios. And, you know, I would also say somebody that's new, yeah. me personally, I would say deer hunt before you elk hunt, right? Trying to to do an elk butcher an elk out in the field versus the deer, man, that's a big difference. And um, you know, I would just encourage them to maybe kind of take a crawl, walk, run uh, approach versus just just running.
1: And one of the things that I think is overlooked too, since we're talking about it in that in that beginning, is actually getting out and doing the scouting right Dennis you had said learn the animal and to me that's huge right is getting out can I even get on an animal can I find these these creatures because you you're here guys you know man I haven't seen anything in two years you know well how much time are you scouting preseason uh you know once or twice you're not you're not doing yourself any favors by and no offense to any of it, right? I, I watch it and, and listen and everything, but watching YouTube or getting on, you know, um, something online, the value in getting out in the field and and glassing up an animal and just sitting there and watching it with no pressure to try and get to it and fill that tag is is huge.
3: Yeah,
4: that's that's exactly right, man. Yeah.
3: So,
1: one of the things that I want to talk about in the in the gear um, portion of this and we're kind of backing up, but moving forward, Uh, um, is it's hugely important for me and it's not necessary, necessary for everyone. And it may not be important for everyone, but the one thing that I try to push and implore people to do is to focus on the companies that, support our demographic, right? We can't do that 110% of the time. There's things that we need that aren't available by just a hunting company. Um, There's things that are available to people that market to hunters, but don't necessarily back what we do because it's a business thing and aunties and the sentiment. Um, But hugely important guys, if you're listening, support, the demographic based companies like initial ascent um these guys are in the woods they believe in what we do um they're out there doing what we do and that
3: that is huge to me uh, when i make my gear selections are you guys well said. no i just saying well said thank
1: you yeah that's that's a big deal for me man is, is put it put it back into us um and i've had conversations with companies that yeah, we appreciate it, but you know we really can't. And it's just like, man, it's a dis—literally a disappointment when I hear that. It uh, it kind of hurts a little bit. <laughs> you take our money, but you can't you can't acknowledge us, and it, that's that's a rough one.
3: Yeah, yeah, true.
1: So, anything else on the gear before we uh, wrap the subjects?
3: <clears> hmm. <throat> No, I think, uh, I think we've, we've covered it all, man. Yeah, no, I-
1: Let's drop a, uh, let's drop a shameless plug. <laughs> 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 let's, let's get some IA in there. Um, all right. where can we find you? If they haven't seen it on, uh, on everything I have at this point, then. Yeah, they're not paying attention, but go ahead and drop it. <laughs>
4: yeah, so we've got our website, uh com, And uh we're on so Instagram is at initial ascent. Um the uh Facebook is you just search initial ascent, you'll find us and then YouTube is initial ascent packs. We're we're getting some pretty good stuff on YouTube over there now. So, you know, for we're putting, uh, we're, we're about week six, I guess, into our Tech Tip Tuesday. We'll pick that back up again. And uh, there's some good stuff been, uh, getting put out there as far as that goes. So um, some of you, some of you beginners um, can can go tune into some of that stuff. And uh, there's there's some nuggets right there.
1: Yeah, there's not, but, it's uh, not just beginner nuggets. i tell you that. I've enjoyed the blogs coming off of the uh, the website there.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, and there's some gear related stuff there on our blog, uh, on the website that these guys can go to, um, as well. There's gear, there's, there's tips, there's fitness stuff. So, uh, yeah. Feel free to let us know, uh, let us know what you think about it. And right now, guy, we, uh, we do have a little promotion going on that I'll just share, um, and it's, it's basically, I'm not sure when this is going to go out. So it may not even pertain, but uh, we're now through, through Sunday, which is the 5th, I believe. Um, we're sending out a 3-foot three, three by 5-foot American flag uh, with every pack purchase. And these are really high-quality flags that guys can fly outside their house uh, with pride and uh just really well made uh type stuff so anyway just kind of our way to commemorate um Independence Day and uh since we're a, a, an american made company um we we definitely want to uh show our patriotism
1: yep Heck yeah i saw that I, I reshared that uh we fly a flag in every camp we are in so that's a in my opinion, a heck of a bonus. So good deal, gents. Uh as usual, man, I appreciate you guys. Um super excited to keep putting this thing to the test. Um, it's it is serving me. It's serving me a lot better than my expectation. I'll tell you that. So I'm gonna blow your heads up a little bit. Um running yes. eighty to a hundred pounds in this thing for rucks. Uh, and I use gravel in a uh in a heavy duty dry sack. Um, because I like that that. Unstable load, and uh, I watch guys put that pack on and go. There's not, there's not 100 pounds, and there. there's not 80 pounds in there. Um, the Freaking thing is phenomenal, gents. So I'm loving it, man. Can't wait to get some blood on it.
4: Oh, sounds good. Can't, can't wait. wait pictures, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Good deal. Well, I appreciate the time, gentlemen. I'm um, sure we'll be talking, but uh, yeah, good deal. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, so much, guy. thanks, guy. <laughs>
1: We spend a lot of time preparing for our hunts, and how we fuel our efforts is key. Head over to to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com, helping you perform optimally in the backcountry. The purpose of Valley to Peak is to provide sound nutritional information supported by science. To help you prepare and perform optimally in the backcountry, there's no secret. This is done through education, coaching, and programming based on personal goals and preferences. Head over to to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com or catch them on Instagram at b 2 p nutrition.